0: check 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 what do you want no no no, no. don't More. touch the levels want this one in the headphones testing T- testing. Uh, testing too much too little testing maybe this isn't loud enough test 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 there we go test 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 that's as test. high as it goes that's too high, it's high it's <laughs> bring it back it's a are, little bit are you too high Too way too high back <laughs> <laughs> all right test okay is that good yeah but why is yours so loud now in my ear
1: i don't know right. yours is not loud in your ear
0: Oh, how about now? Testing. There you go. Uh, That's better, right? Yes, it is. And can you bring it all down a little bit? Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ.
1: <laughs> you know what it was? I was diddling your knob. Uh, That's what happened.
0: Diddle my knob. Diddle my knob. Is it peaking? It sounds like it's peaking.
1: It's peaking. not peaking, you
0: okay. bitch. Jesus Very good. Christ. I know. It's one of those mornings. You know, this is this is what you
1: call off the cuff. Yes. Because <laughs> we are doing this off the cuff when i'm off the mic not you have com- to tell me but, like when i'm my face gets back yeah because sometimes you get very lazy and you're like
0: talking talking talking.
1: you know what i, I, I fucking stand let me <laughs> get rid of the stand <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna hold
0: it up to my face i'm gonna fillet like the fucker. This. Yeah. <laughs> i'm feeling foul mouth today that's right we're back after a a long weekend whether we wanted one or not <sighs> we keep getting these long weekends and i, I it always throws my groove off so you're complaining about long weekends? I am complaining about long weekends. You know, yesterday, I found myself at home not knowing <laughs> what to do. <laughs> you know, what do I do with myself? But um, I found plenty of things to uh, run around So your office do. was closed yesterday. Yeah, I. Um, it was closed. And um, my um, employees who make the calendar for the, you know, we have doctors going out on certain days, but... You know, they just kind of put happy holidays on the calendar on the days they want off. (laughs) It's really funny. And uh, because I'm looking at the calendar and um, Beverly at my office was like, oh, would we have Monday off? And I said, it says happy holidays on the calendar. I guess we do, you know. (laughs) So I did. We took it off. And uh, what did you do for the long weekend? Did you have big plans? Did you go out? Did you go away? I did none of those things. I barely left the house. And um,
1: it was one of those things where we had nothing planned. Yeah, And, I mean, Dimitri came back from his um, little ski trip that he took uh, on Saturday morning. He was supposed to come back Friday morning, but um, I guess he decided to stay and drink another day because he came home and then I was throwing something out in the recycling and I looked in the can and there was a a half pint of Hennessy, empty Hennessy in there. So, I picked it out and I... That's rough. I had gotten him a coffee from starbucks so i put the hennessy next to the empty hennessy next to the coffee and i went upstairs i was like i got you a coffee and he went downstairs and he's like it was only like four shots in there i'm like you are on the road to fucking ruin my friend he's not back at school yet or is he like no and it's killing me he needs to go back to school
0: why are they still home
1: the 23rd he goes back
0: that's insanity yes they and you know the, what?
1: The only other person who's here is his friend who's like the total degenerate uh, friend. Yeah. That Their schedules are in sync, of course, right? Of course. They go up it. to this kid's beach, ho- uh, beach house, not beach, uh, ski house. A ski house on the beach. Up in Wyndham, right? Right. right. And uh, I know what's going on up there, mm. you know? He goes skiing for one day, realizes it's harder than he thought, and then basically spent the next two days sitting in the
0: cabin with his buddies drinking drinking Irish coffees. You know? Yeah, lots of Irish coffees uh, from my skiing days. And we're back. Welcome to Recovery in the Middle Ages, the podcast about two middle aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. I'm Nat X. I'm Mike R. And boy, do we have a show for you today on RMA. It's Mike and Nat in the Morning. Yeah. Oh, shit. What?
1: See, this is a problem. What? Because Kyle actually made us a jingle this ah, week.
0: Damn.
1: God damn it. Sorry, Kyle. Next week. Promise.
0: Kyle made us a jingle for... Yeah, it's in the music section did, of uh, the Discord, you. if you would look in there I should, I should. Yes, there's lots of goings on in the yeah. Discord. It's been very exciting. Uh, so we're back I feel bad about that uh, Well You know what I'm, I'm not going to dwell on it Don't dwell I'm on it I'm not going to dwell we're on it am going to move past it Because this week We were supposed to have Dave from Dopey to come on Right And um, It just didn't happen There was a number of reasons One of them being i didn't remember that uh this was a day from the i didn't remember that we had a holiday weekend yeah and so i get very stressed i'm even very stressed right now sitting here thinking about all of the pain waiting for me at the office and <laughs> and all of the things that have to happen so um and then and then he had a, a scheduling problem so that'll be next week we've got dave from dopey coming on the show he's got some things to uh Announce or We've talk got some about grie- grievances um, to air with and us. some grievances. Yep, <laughs> um, but this week uh, the um, uh, this episode is brought to you by the Recovery in the Middle Ages Patreon. What is Patreon? It's a members-only subscription service featuring Discord private message chat and video. Um, we all talk on there. It's our patreon.com slash recovery in the Middle Ages. We got some video episodes, but the main thing is our little recovery chat group. Which uh, pops up on your phone or your computer. It's pretty cool. I don't know. I've been enjoying it. Pops up on your phone or computer? Yeah, it what has are you an app. About? There's an app. It's amazing. Discord? Yeah. Oh. Yes.
1: Discord. Yeah, right. Discord. There's an app. <laughs> I'm selling Discord right
0: now. Jeez, <laughs> help me out here. I'm, I'm trying to plan the show as you're talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so join us on Discord. We're recovering together. Find us on uh, Facebook also. And, um, you know come of Facebook say hello. right folks, yes, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> so we're talking about what today today we're talking about uh, a movie which
1: I and it's sort of hail Mary uh, which is appropriate, um also your fly is open, Wide yeah. open. um okay, so uh i was on yep. I was on Reddit on Friday in the afternoon at work as mm-hmm. i do because i have to go to jersey and i sit there and sometimes i passively aggressively deliberately don't work because right. i hate the fact that i had to drive to new jersey hmm. so i'm um, um i'm in this weird subreddit and somehow they get to talking about documentary films and this this documentary film uh popped up it was recommended it's called sister helen mm. it's it's basically a story of a, uh, of a of a tough catholic nun who who Lost her whole family to uh, various types of addiction, yeah. and then she became a nun, and then she opened up a sober living house in the South Bronx for men, uh, and she uh, ran it by herself basically yeah. uh, for a number of years.
0: It, yeah, so it was like one of these privately run uh, recovery sober. It's a sober, sober house. living, right? It's so, sober yeah, living, right? Right, but very sort of unattached to any sort of... Anything. <laughs> yeah. Even the church, it's barely attached to the church. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. like Sister Helen just telling these fucking people what to do. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> I need a urine. <laughs> We're going to do urines today. She's always with the urines. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's pretty rough on these guys. She is, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple few. In a couple few...
1: Um, in a couple few the uh, the other thing I, I had to do this weekend and mm-hmm. um, so we didn't do anything like I barely left the house basically for three days I, nice. I would
0: go out for no it's not it really. doesn't give you give you a special kind of anxiety just like it's building up the things you're not doing. But but I am doing things, just I'm doing them all
1: in the house. And it doesn't seem like, Mm. it seems like no matter what I do in the house, the house looks exactly the same. (laughs) Yes. So um, Ben's room was getting, Ben had a hamster, right? The hamster, for those of you, we've talked about this. Ben's hamster has escaped. Ben's hamster has not been found. Not been found. Ben is considering moving on from the hamster to a sugar glider or a hedgehog. Mm. Yeah. but we're holding that in abeyance for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but it it kind of got us to poking around Ben's room, right? Because we were looking for the hamster. And Ben's room is like it's a hamster cage in and of
2: itself, yeah, right? Yeah, like like
1: room's like piles of blankets everywhere and, you know... So Erin goes up there and she starts going through this shit and she starts freaking out because like she finds like all these mouse droppings and stuff like in a drawer and she's like, "Are we a vermin? That our child is living in squalor? CPS should come and take him away." And I'm like, oh, "Here we go." So um, no. we ended up pulling his room apart, cleaning Ooh. it for the first time since the pandemic. Wow, basically. I mean, deep cleaning. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, we don't let our children live in squalor. Like I vacuum
0: the rugs and do yeah, but shit. we haven't done that. I'm just, I'm yeah. not looking forward to that.
1: But um but he has very little room in his room, so we decided we were gonna get a loft for his bed. So we go to I, I go to the Raymore we don't even go to Raymore and Flanagan, we just go to the website and oh, order exactly. a loft
0: because this is Raymore and Flanagan. This the very yeah, table we have a lot of furniture from great. It's not great. It's you know, great, didn't but it, hold you know
1: what? Great. It's it's okay. Yeah, it is.
0: That's the, that's, that's Raymore their, and Flanagan.
1: It's okay. It should be their tagline. Yeah. It's better than IKEA. And if it's gonna be in a kid's room and no one's gonna see it. Who gives a cares, shit, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not getting it at Poverty Barn where it would cost me like $3,000 for the fucking thing. Good. So um, so I order that. I get him. I, I twist some guy's arm. He's going to bring it on Monday, yesterday, hmm. uh, instead of like a delivery later. So we have to basically empty his whole room out, clean up all the garbage, do all this stuff. So this takes the better part of like two days. Right. Right. Uh, but we get the thing. We put it in and it's fine, except well, he's... He sends me a text at like 11 o'clock last night When I'm sleeping He's like, it's so fucking hot in my room How do? What do I do? Because <laughs> he's like, now he's sleeping up And all the uh, hot air is at the top of the room And he's like, you know I'm like, well, first of all Get rid of the three fucking blankets you have on your bed That would be a and start we have these things called windows You
0: can open one You, you know? can
1: open a window Do you have a ceiling fan? My kids literally and die by, by so, the ceiling it's fan It's like so close to like his loft Like I'm afraid if he gets out to pee in the middle of the night It'll <laughs> cut his head off Yeah
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not good That would be bad
1: so, so that was my entire weekend Basically working on one room in my house And the rest of the house Still looks like a fucking disaster So I don't know You at least got to go out And see like An 80s hair band or something right? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah We um, we had these tickets To see their um, If you guys know what a cover band is They just play <laughs> I think uh, they know what a cover band Do you know what a cover band is? Because sometimes I say cover band And I get these blank stares So cover band is when they're They're playing other people's music so they it was this cover band called Jesse's Girl, which is all eighties, like you know just the biggest hits, but this is like in a real theater, and they sold out sixteen hundred seats yeah. to see this eighties yep. cover band, and they were pretty good, you know, but it was a nice night out. We were going out with um Max's friend's parents, I call them the parent pals, and uh and it was a pretty fun, you know, we got to go out to dinner beforehand, so I kinda had a date with my wife. We had a nice time. You and, uh, went out with her, not with the other parents. Yeah, they all canceled for some reason. We were going to go to you know Pancho Villa's in Huntington. And, I love Pancho yeah, Villa's. me too. I was excited. I'm yeah. <laughs> so looking forward to Pancho's and <laughs> and uh, so in any case, we went to an Italian place and it was nice just to spend some time with each other. And but I mean, I was out on my feet. It was like 11:30, and they were just getting going. Ugh. And I'm sta- we were standing room to make you feel like you're at a concert, like right. you know, in the old days and. And, man, I was just like Muhammad Ali, like rope-a-dope, just woo woo, you know? Uh, And then the next day, I was toast, and I had church, and blah, blah, blah. Was there a lot of drinking at Jesse's Girl? People were wasted, yeah, totally wasted, and it was all of these, I guess, 60- and 70-year-olds looking types. Well, they were probably 50, because it was Gen X, right? Boy, but they did not look like... Those are my people. Oh, man, they look like they're (laughs) 80s and stuff, and... (laughs) It didn't look Hard good. living back there in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> was, much cocaine. It was a rough crowd. But uh, they were all decked out like 80s stuff. And um, I didn't actually get dressed up uh, 80s. I don't have anything 80s. But my wife had a Purple Rain t-shirt. And some of her pals oh, got decked out like 80s. So it was fun. We had fun. And then Sunday, Noah got to sleep over. Um, we got to visit our cousins who renovated their home in Massapequa Park. Macapiqua. Macapiqua. I call it Maga Pequa. yeah. <laughs> we were out there, and uh, he slept over, so last night he was back, and he got this sleep. Anytime they have these sleepovers, though, you know, they don't... Yeah. It's like four in the morning, he's texting me, oh, I miss you, and then... Oh, really? Yeah, he was God. at four o'clock. Yeah. My son had a friend over, Jack had a friend over on
1: Saturday night, and uh, they stayed up till four something it seems yes that was when i left the house this i drove him to roosevelt field the day after to do more hanging out at the mall lots of hanging out going on but like he and his friend like i'm like i'm I'm like i remember those days where i could stay up like to midnight and beyond like i wake up at like one to go pee my middle-aged pee in the middle of the night and i'm like What's that smell? <laughs> that smell. And then it. Uh, I'm like, Jack, were you cooking something last like night? He's like, we made garlic cheese fries. I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> we used two to two in the that. morning. At two yeah. in the morning. I'm like, now I'm already smoking pot. Yeah. Because, you know, who <laughs> makes you're...
0: garlic cheese fries at two in the morning? Well, before we smoked pot, I remember doing that at my friend's house around his age. Oh, you okay. Know, that makes me up. feel better. Yeah, it's just kind of a cool thing to be able to make, you know, little pizza pockets and things like that. Hmm. Although I I, I I went out into the yard
1: because my dog was barking at something oh the guys from raymore who were delivering the furniture and so she tries to dig underneath the fence so i go over there to make sure she's not getting under the fence and i find a empty tube that looks like it contained weed Ooh. and it had like weed residue like, re- it smelled of weed and there was like weed leaves on the side you know mm. pot leaves on the side and now i don't know which kid to accuse because I got I get the 16 year old what about billy down the street could it somehow be his fault somebody could have tossed it in there but yeah. you know I my money's on Dimitri yeah. or, <laughs> or or Jack but uh and I don't know what to do about that you know like I'm like at least have the decency to throw your drug shit away so I don't see it yeah you know
0: cuz now I feel obligated that I have to like they're putting it in your lap like you have if you don't say something now right. You're they're not like, doing your job. They're like, a, they're like crows. Yeah. They bring the
1: shiny, like, <laughs> shit, and they drop it in my lap. Like, and then expect that I'm going to have to do something with it. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Fuck. I, I mean, Jack is a great student. He, does,
0: he doesn't give off the air of somebody that's doing any certain, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But who knows, right? Well, These yeah. Things. It's so hard when all of the friends are doing it. And, you know, you just hope that they're smart enough to not go overboard. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. But, you, know, you, you who knows? Hope, you can hope about that hope and pray yeah. but other than that it's um painful to be back to a regular work week and um i'm hoping to just turn it around uh, drink a lot of coffee to turn it around already the week yeah. hasn't even started yet. i know that's why today i was just i was up at like four thirty because i went to bed early last night which was like ten thirty. 30 so up at four thirty, i started thinking already i started my anxiety oh. and uh you know, it's like the Sunday scaries, but um Tuesday morning at four thirty. Man, I I, I couldn't
1: I, I've been there, you know, like no. when I was trying cases, like that was like every Sunday for me.
0: Yeah. You know? But um What do you do to manage that anxiety? Like do you do anything? What I do is I breathe through it and once I realize that I can't go back to sleep. And this mm. is happening. Like, it's already happening. I'm up. I'm thinking about it. I just get up and I try and start the day. I just start to plan. I said, how am I going to plan so that this doesn't do what I'm fearing? Like, how do I plan around it? So then I just try and think about it and make plans, basically. So
1: so what does that look like? It's 4.30 in the morning. Are no. you out of bed? Are you puttering around the kitchen? No, or?
0: I'm like lying there because then I can hear Christine starting to move around. She usually wakes up at She's supposed to wake up at six, but she's usually up at five thirty. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, basically, I'm just sort of thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm sitting there thinking, listening to maybe whatever podcast I've got on. Okay, because uh, so I listen all night, multitasking. To, yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Do it a few different things, <laughs> and then uh, finally, I when I get the courage, and I said, I can't sit here anymore. I get up, make coffee, hmm. and then I start the day. And here we are. See, I have to. I get up, and I have to run because if I
1: don't all that mental constipation gets stuck in my head and I can't get it out. So I have to go and loosen it with exercise. And when I get back, I'm in a very pleasant frame of mind to start the day. How long that lasts is really dependent on what else is going on the rest of the day. But at least it gives me like a scaffold to hang those anxieties on.
0: You know what I mean? Exactly. So I can't
1: recommend exercise enough.
0: Exercise is the best. In fact, I played tennis yesterday. This was the big big reveal. You
1: you come from a a long line of (laughs) tennis players. Your cousin is like some kind of a pro or something?
0: Yeah, I have a a – my nephew nephew, is a pro professional tennis player. And uh, he's the top guy at Ohio State too right now. And he also plays pro tournaments. But I grew up playing tennis. And my business partner also, it came out that he played tennis as well as a kid and in, in, in high school and things. And so I sort of passive-aggressively would say, yeah, yeah, we should play tennis sometime. That would be great. I haven't played wow. tennis in five years. So he calls me yesterday and says, hey, uh, I um, I booked a court for 3.30 today. I, I hope you don't mind. And I said, no, have fun. Why Why would I mind if you booked a tennis court? He goes, no, no, it's for us to play. i got these rackets to try out. And I said... Well, uh, you know, and I I wanted to say no so badly. I really fantasized about saying no, no, no. But I knew that I would be good. I knew I said I used to play tennis a lot. (laughs) I was in high school tennis teams, all that. So I said, fine. You know, I made sure it was okay with, you know, Christine, my wife. And at 3.30, we met up like two guys who hadn't played tennis in 15 years And we just did our best, you know, but I'm in pain. How did that look? um, It wasn't because we're actually, we're about the same level of, you know, probably the same level. Like we both could be good opponents for each other. Right. Miraculously. Yeah, you matched well. We matched well and we were both kind of like getting it back slowly. But it was, uh, you know, it was fun. I'm glad I did it. I'm just in pain. And I think it would be cool if I could get some kind of exercise back in my life. Um, Tennis would be a fun one. You know, my brother's got a court. Uh, by his house and so really uh, and he plays tennis so it was a lot of fun i think it was a step in the right direction but i am feeling you know the soreness of the muscles you just don't usually use what what part of the body is giving you the most distress right now lower back and then the top of my shoulders and my forearm and Uh, uh, the whole thing all that
1: torquing of your torso i went to the i did go to the gym yesterday you did yeah yeah, I've Which been lifting one? I've been lifting
0: weights. Oh, in your your garage gym or No, no, no. I go, to, I go
1: to go uh, to Lifetime. Oh, nice. Over there in Syasa. I wanted to join Lifetime. It's um it's great. It's expensive for what it is, but um you know, we have the whole family in there and Dimitri's been going um here and there. So, it's paying for I don't. I can't say it's paying for itself. It's <laughs> not really. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> how
0: could it pay for itself? If you generated money by like filming a YouTube show going there, then it would be paying for itself.
1: It's it's interesting though because it's very crowded right now, yeah. as one would expect in the month of January That's and all right. the resolutions. It's the same. It's kind of the same thing. Like I've noticed that our listenership has increased hmm. a bit, like by yeah. a good fifteen percent. It's starting maybe to a little come more back. than that. And I some of that I attribute to um,
0: you know to the dry January. Folks people and like, people who are just searching yeah. for something, you know. They need support for their New Year's resolution. They've quit drinking. They need middle-aged dads like them to help them through it. Or, And here we are. Well, I've noticed on the uh,
1: the Sober Together app, which, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough about, um, people have been videoing me and telling me they li- they started listening to the podcast and, and so on. And, you know, so that's nice to hear. And uh, we even got a review, actually. Do you hear that? Yeah, I did hear that. In the ear? I don't know what that is. Anyway, so I'm going to read a review from a new listener that came on Wednesday. Should I do that? Yes, let's do that. What are you doing? Are you working? Yeah, my.
0: Sorry, I mean there's multitasking, and then there's
1: multitasking.
0: (laughs) Let's hear the review. Oh, that's right, I saw that. We did get a new review. I'm very excited. New listener,
1: five stars. Just started listening to this podcast and absolutely love it. The good thing about starting late is I have a hundred episodes to catch up on during my drive into work. Two claps, Rosa.
0: Thank you, Rosa. I think that's so. It's so weird to think of somebody just like getting ensconced in the Mike and Nat in the morning, in the (laughs) evening. Yeah. rma nights the whole thing going back in time it's it's so weird i just can't
1: imagine listening to hour upon hour of you and me talking to one another no it sounds like like you're... i mean i get it i because i you know i do that with podcasts i no. go back to the beginning and then but like I, I had somebody else uh i maybe it was on the facebook group they said uh something like oh man you know what happened at the in uh the beginning of episode 39 had me so you know yeah, yeah, emotional yeah. or whatever and i'm like uh, what did we talk awesome. about <laughs> i have no idea what that was
0: but like you know it's fresh to you but episode 39 was like a year and a half ago yeah you know? yeah it's pretty cool i mean i'm i'm afraid to go back and listen i i like to just keep moving forward i hope i'm it's cool to think that people are going back and and listening to all, all of that uh, hard work that we did i know? can't go back and listen yeah. it's like uh it's like that's
1: like a totally different person. It was the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, everybody's lives were completely in flux. Yours especially, so. Yeah, you know. even more than now. Huh. Crazy. Crazy times. I'm um, trying to think if we got any other stuff.
0: You know what I mean? Like emails or anything? Do you I don't know? think we've got any other emails. There's been a lot of talk on the uh, Facebook group, on the Recovery in the Middle Ages Facebook. Uh, so people have been popping in there and um, making some very good points. Um, so, join us on there. Uh, we didn't have anything prepared to talk about from there now, but oh, I got one. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm sitting here scrolling Facebook while. All right. See, this Perfect. is like the laziest
1: podcast we've ever done. All right, do it while I get coffee. Really? Oh, you've, top me off with you? All right. Thanks. Uh, this is from a new listener, TT, I'll call him. Uh, I just started listening to this podcast. After five years of listening to numerous recovery podcasts, I was feeling a bit burned out. But thanks to recommendations from some people, uh, i 'm not going to say their names. I decided to give this a listen. This podcast is refreshing, funny, and informative. not your typical recovery format. Awesome job. Nat and Mike, and I appreciate your contributions. Grant Boykin. So this is the point where if you weren't making coffee, you would interject a witty yes. <laughs> something if or other I don't have any, No sugar, in this. It's just milk. No sugar? You'll live. great. We have to get back to the show. Yes, sit down, put the so,
0: fucking cans on, and let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so people like us, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's great. I'm glad people are starting to listen. I think they're happy that we're just at least putting them out every week. Yeah. Um, hey, did you ke- yep. did you check in on the Sober Together
1: app yesterday, by chance, when he asked about spirituality? No. Um, or religion or something? I
0: think I did yesterday. Did you? I may not have listened to you yesterday. I don't remember. I've missed a couple of days here and there, but yeah. the, the spirituality thing, where do you land on that these days? Because I know you used to do some meditating. I still me- do my meditations. Yeah. 15 minutes
1: a day in the evening to unwind at that's, the end of the day. That's solid. I love journaling, but I don't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, anytime I sat there and made myself journal, I, I yeah. appreciated it. But. Yeah, I just I can't do it. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I for me... Like I said a few minutes ago, the running is where all that mm-hmm. comes out. Like, I can let all that out. I do introspection. Uh, I also sometimes, when we're prepping for a show, I'll listen to an audio book. But sometimes I'll just, you know, listen to some music and kind of yeah. let my mind go where it goes. Like you I, get that
0: hypnosis when you're running. Yeah.
1: Kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're running in the dark, like up on, like, Sandy Hill Road, mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're dodging cars and deer yeah. and stuff, it's like... uh it's really, you're, you're really mentally in the moment, Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I had this, I was running there a couple of months ago and this giant buck jumped out in the road in front of me. It scared the fucking crap out of me. There's a lot around here lately. I, I thought it was like some kind of a sign, you know hmm. what I mean? What like it jumped into the road, it turned around, it looked at me, and then it walked off. Eat more venison is what it was like. <laughs> you're like,
0: that's what we need to do. <laughs> I didn't. I looked. At, I didn't consider it as food when I was looking at it. But you know, anytime I look at a deer, I think of venison. <laughs> it's this. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's maybe because it's very you flavorful. Know, they say when you hit, if you hit one
1: with the car, you should just throw it into the back, take it home, and eat it. Uh, the, is it good? Can you
0: still do it? Yeah, why not? I don't know. I it's fresh, think, it's fresh. Yeah, I mean, I, I like a fresh venison. Yeah, I'm not much of a hunter or anything, but you just uh, like guns. Yeah, which we haven't done, <laughs> done shooting lately. I don't. I guess it's been a little cold. You know, I start to getting you know anxiety. Oh, the kids aren't outside, and then I realize it's freezing outside.
1: Yeah, I got a I got a new twenty two, which would be appropriate for. I mean, new like a couple months, but I just got a scope for it for yeah. Christmas, so I can line that
0: up and we can go. Let's go. Go shoot shit. Yeah, if you like shooting shit out there. Write us at mike r at MiddleAgesRecovery.com. dot You got to go east. You got to go out yeah. into Suffolk County, which is basically you know. I used to wor- have, work at a job out in Islip, and I, you could hear the, the firing range was right next door. So there's got to be a big one out there, or just people shooting each other. I was sure there was. No, there's plenty of people range. shooting each other, but yeah. Um. So with that, why don't we go? Do you think George in, Santos needs some oh, recovery? God. By the way, I don't know. What do you man. think his deal is? That, I mean, I, I, with politics aside, like. This it's, guy clearly has a problem. It's really sad. I only followed a little bit of it, but from what I've heard, it just sounds like he's completely fabricated everything. Every aspect of his life. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was
1: listening to Anthony Weiner's podcast the other day. <laughs> Speaking of
0: amazing <laughs> politicians.
1: Uh, I don't know if any of you know about Anthony Weiner or remember his issues. I mean, basically, he had some kind of a sex addiction, maybe alcohol involved going on, yeah. and it caused him to, com- to consistently... Um, keep sexting with people he shouldn't have been sexting with, yeah. uh, he, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and um, like the. Then he ran for he he claimed that he had gotten better, and then he ran for mayor. And then after that, uh, so this woman named Sydney Leathers came out of the woodwork <laughs> and <laughs> said that he was texting her. And then there was some fifteen-year-old that he anyway it was it was, a, it was a mess. He disappeared off the public stage for a while and then he came back recently and he's got a show on ABC and it's called In the Middle and it's basically like he's trying to synthesize left and right and position himself as sort of the middle of the road guy. Right? And, you know, God bless this guy because whatever his addiction issues are, it must suck to like be Anthony Weiner and everybody who calls into your show, you know, fucking pillories you for like... Your past. Do they right? do that? Some of them. Some of them do. Yeah. And you know, you would think he would like get a screener or something and try and screen out some of the he more doesn't. obvious nuts. But this is AM radio, right? Did yeah. it, so you can't stop. You, it. you know, they're you all nuts. Anybody calls into an AM radio show is a nut, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. So, um, but I was thinking, like, he would make a good guest because. <laughs> what
0: Anthony Weeder? Yeah Don't you think so I don't know Is he a recovered alcoholic or He's something?
1: a recovered He may be rec- He's in recovery Because he talks about recovery he's A said, lot So he's on in like show.
0: Sex recovery type stuff
1: He's in All a right. program That he doesn't identify Because of the Anonymity thing I see, right, so it may S A, so probably S L A, or and and I don't know if he was a drinker or whatever before then, but it might be interesting to talk to him because he had an interesting take on Santos. He said uh, he's been he's like I've been trying not to be too hard on the guy because you know I know what it's like to be like out there in the public and have your all your yeah. addiction issues and everything just. You know, being hammered on all sides by the media, you know. He's like, but, it's, but he's making it very hard for me to be sympathetic because, you know, he's, yeah. he keeps doubling down. Doubling you know, down. It gets worse and you know, worse. And if he really was serious, he would, like, resign and get help you know because he clearly there's more going on up there than just like him lying a couple things on his resume right it's like total mythomania stuff but i'm trying to look at this like from a recovery perspective versus a political perspective because it's very easy to you know kick him in the balls because (laughs) i fucking hated his guts when he was running i mean you know
0: before all this shit came out but yeah but this is all his mental health stuff and and you know his party is insisting that he resign all of that but Mm. um to get a bunch of
2: mm.
1: Long Island Republicans together to agree on anything, yes. especially like that one of their their own elected congressmen really? should resign, they must be very convinced that they can hold the seat in a special election. Um, number one, right. No, uh, number two, you know they're worried because their own elections are coming up, and the the stories that are coming out in the New York Times ever since Santos was like this is a liberal conspiracy to get me, the Times has been hitting a story every single day yeah. about this guy, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. So he, uh,
0: yeah, I, don't yeah. Know. I lost my train of thought. But getting Anthony Weiner in the show would be one hell of a coup. Um, I'm going sh- to write him. You could probably call in the show. We'll just record the call in, <laughs> and we'll ask him. I bet you we could get on.
1: You know, I I wonder if he'd be willing to sit down and talk about some of that stuff because there's a a certain there's a certain difference when you completely publicly self uh, implode. You know what I mean yeah. like you do it in in the New York media with cameras following you I right? can't like, even imagine. how do you how do you put your life back together after that and especially because he was a congressman he was a middle-aged yeah. guy he had a beautiful wife Who he has a kid
0: yeah. you know yeah she she was involved in politics too so she was a public personality right she was like the something for hillary clinton i think yeah, she was, was her chief of staff chief of staff right you know and,
1: and god bless that woman for she stuck yeah. with him through the first couple you
0: know meltdowns yeah and then you know i don't know she's like i can't with this <laughs> she's like, it's enough already yeah. <laughs> she had to move yeah. on and thank god for that i don't know maybe i, I just have a soft spot
1: for for people that publicly self destruct like that,
0: yeah, I, I, I just I feel I feel bad, and I and I, you know, there but for the grace of God, kind of shit, you know. Yeah, you know, but at some point, we're the people that we put on a pedestal in media and you know in politics. You have to have a little bit higher standard. I mean, it's good to forgive people, but yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't put Anthony Weiner on I pe- I don't put Weiner on a pedestal. Weiner. <laughs> It's such a terrible name
1: for a sex scandal. Eh. You know what a worse name though? Let's see Seymour Weed. I had a friend who worked uh. as a doorman on 5th Avenue and one of the one of his uh people that lived in the building was named Seymour Weed. He was Who's an older man with a younger Uh, wife, as one one might imagine. This
0: conversation is deteriorating. Yeah, so why don't we take a short break
2: so we can uh,
0: (laughs) gather our thoughts for the second half of the show. And we'll be right back after these words. And we're back. And we're back. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm okay. okay. My boss has been emailing me about shit already. I know. Me too. I'm getting uh, I'm getting all kinds of crap. Oh, no. Look, another email from
1: him. No. <laughs> how can you, how am I supposed to do a podcast with work getting in the way? I don't, I don't think. <laughs> this just means I have to work later. Like, if I steal time from the beginning, yeah. I have to add it on at the end.
0: That's how you it know. goes. I'm going to be driving around today. I got some driving to do. All right. So what's the name of this documentary? Today, we're talking about a documentary. It's called Sister Helen. Sister Helen. It's a compassionate story of a tough Catholic
1: nun working with addicts in the South Bronx who has let their suffering touch her heart. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> she is a buster, man. She's Sist- like,
0: you Sist- motherfuckers. <laughs>
1: sister Helen Travis. Um, so she, she's a recovering alcoholic and a Benedictine sister. And she spent the last years of her life running this twenty-three bed sober living slash halfway house in uh, the South Bronx. I recognize that neighborhood because there was a time in the '80s when I used to bumble around in the South Bronx myself. Yeah, Um, you know, she did that. She she started this this project. Uh, which she calls a ministry, right? In response to the murder of her fifteen year old son. Yep. Who was stabbed to death.
0: I didn't get the full story on like why and how he yeah, was stabbed together. They kinda you know, left
1: that, you know,
0: hanging. I just think. suffice it to say the kid was fifteen and was violently stabbed to death. Yeah. Her husband died
1: of a heart attack at age
0: fifty five mm-hmm. and he was a big drinker, alcoholic.
1: And yeah, she so blames she, drinking. She, she blames the mm-hmm. drinking. And then her other son died of an OD um you know she she told that story where she was walking by and saw him sitting up and thought he was just sleeping and came home like later and he was he was dead he like od'd on heroin or something
0: she still has a daughter though the daughter was still alive the
1: daughter was alive there's a lot of loss there yes so um so the documentary really interesting um uh I guess the guy who started filming it has won some Emmy awards. It's his name, Rob Fruchtman and, um, and a filmmaker named Rebecca Camisa. They moved in with her in, in the sober living and they shot over an 18 month period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which was enough to sort of capture the characters, you know, who would come in and, and live in this place. And, um, I don't know. It's probably not giving away because it's all over the reviews and everything, but she, over the course of the f- of the filming, she actually dies yeah. uh, of a brain bleed, um, mm-hmm. and there, there's, you know, I guess they went when they went back and edited it. They they did some foreshadowing on that because she. Has a doctor that comes yep. in to like yep. to look at some of the patients, and he wants her to come in. And, and she's
0: like, "I don't see no doctors." Yeah,
1: she doesn't see any doctors, and even take
0: off my shirt for anybody. Right, you're gonna have to do
1: doc- everything over the yeah. thing, you know.
0: <laughs> I just don't do it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. So uh, yeah. So and then her daughter ended up taking over the project no. after she died and, and I can't really find I've done a, a bit of googling because I'm really interested in finding out what happened to some of the guys who were living yeah. there you know who were characters in their own right and and there is a bit at the end of the movie about what they were doing but that was only in like 2003,
0: 2004 yeah. I, I suspect most of them were dead because they were when the movie was made what was the year of this film? Like 2000 2000 and yeah. they all looked like they were between 50, 60 maybe late 40s. some of yeah. them but these are the guys I used to run into addicts and alcoholics like these in certain programs that I was um, uh, what's the word uh, forced to go to by the court <laughs> That's the word mandated that's the word I want <clears> to <throat> but it reminded <clears throat> excuse me it reminded me a lot of the people in those scenarios you know it was that bottom of the um socioeconomic um, class, you know just that whole and she was really trying to help those people. But those guys were already in their late 50s, some of them. Some of them, yeah. And uh, the, struggling to stay
1: clean. That one guy, Robert, I think, was a little younger. You know, he, the guy who used to... There was one guy who used to have... Uh, he was in finance or something. He had a six-figure income. He used yeah, to come from the suburbs to buy drugs in that same neighborhood.
0: Yeah, it reminded me of you. <laughs> and he was helping sister run the place. Yeah, he was trapping rats. He was, yeah. like, shoveling
1: snow out in the front and stuff. Um you know, he seemed of all the people, he seemed like he had his recovery the most dialed in, because uh, some of the other guys were extremely shaky. But you know, it, I don't know. They they kind of glossed over how she took possession of this building, which is yeah, basically this tenement it. building in the South Bronx, like yeah. on, on a block that were that's completely blighted. Like there's yeah. hardly any other building standing there. Yeah, and like a lot of the shots are of, like her. Trying to get some of the residents to help her with the rats and everything. And like she's ordering turkeys from, you know, some food bank and they deliver food all the time. And it, but she's a tough cookie because, like, well, you know, a lot of the guys that she gets come right out of the prison pipeline because she also has a parole officer who like comes in and sits on the couch and hangs out there, like, because he's meeting with all of his. His parolees, you know, and he does, you know, I guess he can do the urines, the urines. as she calls them, the urine tests, like, uh, and everything all all at once, like, when, when he's there with
0: visiting her. Um, it was a very straighten up and fly right kind of program, though. I mean, it's the old-fashioned, it's the old school of the old school. I don't even think she was, well, they weren't talking about AA, but I feel like back then they were more strict about the anonymity thing yeah, because you could tell it had to be, you heard them say the program here and there, but it Mm -hmm. was very much like when, you know, it was all about, you know, just put the plug in the jug stuff, you know, just stop doing it. And if you don't, you're bad. And if you do, you're good. It's that kind of thing.
1: There was a lot of that. I mean, and, and, and that came from the top down. It came from sister Helen herself who, uh, you know, uh, and Robert said this a couple times during the film, like Sister Helen just decided one day to stop drinking
0: yeah, and stop, and like she that.
1: thinks that everybody else should be able to do the same thing.
0: You know, when I had uh, recovery coaches or whatever you want to call them, the, um, I had people in recovery that would were like that. You know, they said, oh, I was an alcoholic. I just stopped one day. Why can't you? Mm-hmm. And there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with it. But I think that's extremely short-sighted, but, you know, maybe – her approach i mean were you thrown off by her approach because i mean sometimes i got very uncomfortable watching the way she spoke to these guys because i was in that same spot you know being treated like an animal being treated like you know you you, you, your urine test is everything it defines you the minute you turn into bad urine you're on the street and you're a piece of shit so i I don't know that like rubbed me the wrong way but maybe she had to be like that I, i think right
1: in that circumstance, totally. when you were a a sixty nine year old woman, yeah, at, with a house full of ex cons, I think you and, have to be. And <laughs> you know, th- these are not like these are not your suburban Volvo driving tipplers, right? right? These are guys that are have multiple addictions, a lot of crackheads in there, yep. a lot of you know uh, heroin users yep. and and stuff, and um, they're not like from the genteel more genteel parts of the city, right? I mean these are guys These is rough ha- characters. Had, yeah, a lot of rough characters. So, you know, I I you know, you also gotta consider the era in which it was made. Like in the two thousands there was no was did smart recovery even exist? No, did any of these not. other modalities exist? And if they did, is this Irish Catholic nun like who, and they they did a lot of her backstory. Like they went yeah. to the bar that she used to drink in, and yep. her friends are still in there and she drinking. She would go back to. Yeah, it, yeah. She would go back and you know hug everybody and you know. But like somebody from that background is you know, if the program has worked for her, she is going to try and shove that down the throat of everybody else. And and you know that the only thing that made me feel it wasn't so much that she was yelling at these guys because you know whatever you got to you know. T- this is the South Bronx, right? And, and the, you're not going to get by
0: by being nice, really. You're not going to have, like, um, you know, Buddhist recovery groups yeah, there. Yeah, you know it's just not Because we talked about this before a dozen times. Like, you know, there are some circumstances when this kind of recovery makes a lot of sense. Yes. And it's like, all right, maybe... Um, it isn't a good time, you know, can America recover? Like, are we going to go do equine therapy in the South Bronx with these guys? Are we going to meditate? Or it's going to be like, motherfucking, you piss dirty, you're out on the fucking street. <laughs> you know,
1: that's what it's got to be sometimes, maybe. I mean, I think a lot of recovery is maybe situational. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and, and you know, if you're going into this place, you know what you're getting into after the first interview. It's your last chance. You can yeah. see these guys. That's They know it. They feel it. Right. It's either there or they living on the street. Yeah. So, like, her big thing is, like, she does a, a short interview, and if she's... Her bullshit detector is in full array, and if she senses that you're lying about something or mm-hmm. anything, she just says, goodbye, good luck, you're yeah. not moving in here. She says, this is my place. Right. Yeah. This is a... It's a voluntary uh, sober living. It's not she takes no money from the state. She doesn't have, she's not mandated to take anybody she doesn't want. So she really fucks with people when they come in. Like, remember that kid who was like hashish. No, I want to get to him. That guy that keeps falling off the wagon. The, the the, the other guy that came in, he was a young guy and, and said, um, you know he used methadone a year ago so yep, it's still yep. going to show up in his urine and she was like you're full of shit.
0: You yeah. <laughs> used methadone a year ago it's going to show up in your in your urines. In you know? your urines. I had I had a re- like a, a clinician just like her at uh, Seafield Miniola. There is a woman and if you guys are local her name is Dawn. She <laughs> is Sister Helen. I'm telling you she's really? she's a little she was a little younger but man it's that same exact mentality and people like she would just throw people out of there she'd be (laughs) like one one guy one time he goes he goes you're probably gonna gonna use this week or something she goes you get the fuck out of here she threw the guy because he called his shot he said like you're gonna go out you're not allowed to say that she threw the guy out of the whole program wow he ended up going back to jail like because of her so there's people out there that's why i get very uh Oh, shit, that's a bad call. Sorry. Yeah, um, that's why maybe I get more of a reaction because this is out there, not just in the Bronx, mm-hmm. but this is an attitude that, you know, is keeping people sick, I think.
1: Yeah, well, and and, and that's something that crossed my mind a lot where, especially with that guy, the Indian fella. Hashish. Ajish, I think Or it was. Ajish. Anyway, he like, he relapsed like six times. Uh, mm. or like, at least three times over the course of the documentary, and then apparently many times after she died. Yeah. But unlike a lot of the other guys who relapsed and she would just toss them, like this guy she kept cutting breaks to. Yeah. Like she'd go to the park across the street and he'd be sitting there drinking vodka and you know, they interviewed him and he was like, My mother died when I was nine years old in India and mm-hmm. I you know, this woman is my mother and you know oh. and I think there was some interplay there between like her losing her kid yeah. and him seeing her in a maternal role that maybe Made her a little more sympathetic to him than she was to some of the other guys. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, she's
0: winging it. You know, she was not an actually trained, like, no. addictionologist yeah. Yeah. or whatever you want, even a doctor or anything. Yeah. yeah. She was a nun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and then th- there was that other guy who, uh, a Major was his name, I think. Like, he was an older, older African American guy. And he popped for heroin, she said. Yeah, and he's like, I've never used heroin in my life. Yeah. What are you ta- Give me the name of that doctor. And she's um, like, you're foolish. And she was screaming at him yeah. and almost threw him out.
0: And then he realized that he had been prescribed this cough syrup that had codeine in it. See, that's bullshit, too. Like, as an addict, I know 100% when I have cough syrup with codeine what that is. Do you yeah. think he really didn't realize? I think I think maybe because he didn't seem like he was, like, the brightest guy. No, that's true, too.
1: And, and heroin was not his... His, yeah,
0: drug. Thing, his alcohol yeah yeah he, he, was, just just had a, he was just a
1: drunk yeah just, you just. know uh and then but she was super nice to him after that
0: after that she know? realized that you know he was telling the truth right and she pulled back from uh yeah but she was ready to toss him out yeah and because she's and she's right though people addicts in that situation i've seen it it was me more than once where you just you'll deny it till the end it doesn't matter you could hold you know the the to hold the bong up, you know, this was yours, it has your name on it. Right. You deny it to the end. So, you know, she's, but then she realized it was wrong and, and that's, that's good, but it doesn't happen very often. What I, what I thought was
1: really interesting though was um, that one guy who he hadn't relapsed, but he just like, for whatever reason, didn't take showers. Yeah, that and was interesting. She threw him out.
0: She's like you're not cleaning yourself. People are complaining.
1: Yeah. And she she tosses them out and um he goes and finds a apartment or another living situation nearby and um he showed up at her funeral, right? And was crying over the yeah. casket. And you know, and then in the little postscript of what happened to these guys, he he managed to stay sober like for eight years continuously. Wow. And, uh, you know, obviously didn't bear her any malice for throwing him out, you know, and, and attributed his sobriety to her, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Intervention and stuff. So I don't know. She touched a lot of lives. Um, you know, and I guess her daughter and her friend took it over after she died. It was really upsetting to sort of watch her
0: have the, brain bleed like right there. Yeah. I can't believe they got that on film and yeah. then and then they they do a postscript type of thing. Once she's been buried, yeah. they go back to the house to kind of follow the men. Right. And that was very telling, you know. Yeah, because it seemed like she was her just her her feistiness was
1: what held that whole thing together. Yeah. And like half the guys immediately were like relapsed within yep. a week after her dying. Yeah. And then, you know, Robert is the one standing there telling people he's not equipped to, to be yeah, her. He, he can't do that. And people were calling him out. They're like, who are you to, you know, Yeah, you're not sister, you're not Ellen. sister Ellen. Right. Uh, his, what ended up happening with him, I guess he, he couldn't pay his rent there anymore for right. whatever reason. And he left, but he's, was sober as of the time that the movie was made in 2004 so
0: yeah so it's an interesting um kind of window into that that part of time that that place in time in in the Bronx where these and I, you wonder if stuff like this is still out there i think it probably is <laughs> i would think it is you yeah. know and and just um but thank god for uh for sister helen that she was able to do that for as long as she did and uh, i don't know if i could have done that you know yeah i give her a lot of credit and i you know what was driving
1: her was clearly the stuff that happened in her own family you know um very little uh connection was made with the church you know in the documentary i mean yeah i noticed that they used to focus they focused on the jesus and the mary statues and stuff and
0: showed her going to church once yeah like if she was a nun doesn't that mean does, like are all nuns like associated with a parish or something? No, I don't know much about no. how that works. Can you be like an independent nun? You can be. You yeah. can be a you can be a lay nun. That's like Is that you haven't
1: she, taken all of your yeah. vows and you can be associated with a certain order? Mm. I, they they were very ambiguous about that. Yeah, what kind of sister was she? Yeah, mm. but if, for her funeral, I thought it was interesting because the priest from the local parish and if if you look at some of the aerial shots, like the the house. The church is literally on the next block. It's, like, right around the corner, which I I noticed in one of the the last shots. So maybe it's owned by the church. No, but if...
0: Maybe. Interesting.
1: But the the priest mm -hmm. who did her eulogy said, um, and the thing that they chose to highlight in the movie was that he said that if ever there there were prophets that walk among us, Sister Helen was one. Mm. You know, not saint, a prophet, which I thought was really an interesting distinction, you
0: know. Yeah, definitely, you know. Maybe she was too much too foul mouthed to be a saint. I No motherfucker. I mean, she's really she's like your quintess and something they kept talking about how she was Irish and how that somehow figured into her personality. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, well
1: well, she was Irish and her like, well. I mean her uh the bar she used to hang out at, they interviewed <laughs> right. the saloon keeper. Right. And he that was, was it he was an Irish guy from the from the old country, right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh and I guess friends of her hers and her and her and her uh her husband yeah.
0: you know for so, years so a heartbreaking and a heartwarming uh, account of sister helen getting guys in the in the bronx sober run out and watch it today it's on youtube yeah i'll put a link in the show notes uh, I, I recommend it it's an hour and a half roughly give or take yeah yeah it's, it definitely what i liked about it about it is it took me back to like I feel like I've touched those places in time in mm-hmm. my life here and there when I was going through the system. And when I went through the system, the courts, the rehabs and all of that, like there's just moments in that documentary that took me back there. It was kind of an interesting. So if you want to get a, a window into like a whole other world, um, check this out. It's very interesting. And tell us what you think. Mike R. at MiddleAgesRecovery.com. Yeah. And there's, I think.
1: There's a couple of. um you know, years back there when I was up at Fordham that uh, I worked at a uh I volunteered at a men's shelter mm-hmm. um, as a night guy. Like I would I would go in there at night uh, and night I'd have guy. to lock the door and make sure nobody left or came in and then in the morning I would give out subway tokens. This tells you how long ago this was it's like to the like, smell
0: of the paint. To the guys yeah. who
1: would go to have a job and they'd go to work. Wow. And it was like a it was also run by a Catholic um Group called Pax Christi, which is sort of like a lefty Catholic organization mm. up in the Bronx, but they were associated with the school. But it, so, so being I, like I, I, I recognize that environment from when I when I used to do that volunteer work, and it, it is a, it's a difficult environment to be in, and, yeah, you know. But she spoke the language
0: that those guys understood. She did, you know. And she reached them, and uh, who knows if anyone yeah. else could have. Yeah. And now it's time for recovery in the do. <laughs> Yeah, Uh. all right. Recovery in the news. Recovery in the news. Recovery.
1: (laughs) Recovery (laughs) in the news. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Yeah, yo. Uh, Today's story, tale um, of recovery in the news comes from the New York Times, from an article that was written on January 13th. The old gray lady. The old gray lady. Um, and this this uh, this article's gotten some traction. I've seen it shared and reproduced in a number of different places. It's yeah, called, my dad
0: even mentioned it to me over the Did he the really? Week. Yeah.
1: Aaron sent it to me. Somebody in our Facebook group sent it to me, yeah. who I'm supposed to give credit to. I fucking forgot. <laughs> I promise we'll prepare better for this next
0: week. Yeah, next week we'll do better.
1: We better because it's Dave, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, okay, the article's title is Even a Little Alcohol Can Harm Your Health. Recent research makes it clear that any amount of drinking can be detrimental. Here's why you may want to cut down on your consumption beyond dry January. Didn't
0: we know this already? I feel like we've well, been screaming I it. it from the rooftops. We That's can- why people send it to us. They're like, see, you were right. You yeah, were well, right. We've been screaming about it for t- 102 episodes. That's right. This is 102, and we've been saying it since day one.
1: And I, I got to give Annie Grace a lot of credit for you know writing that book uh, right. and for... You know, Paul Churchill's book, Alcohol is Shit, you know, mm-hmm. that really go into mm-hmm. the science behind why even a small amount of alcohol it's bad is for bad you.
0: for you. It's a, it increases your cancer rates, right? I mean, um, among, yeah, that, that's the that's whole a, shtick. That's a shtick. That'll do that's it. part of the shtick. it will get you. There's more shtick,
1: though. There's more. Um, sorry to be a buzzkill, but that nightly glass or two of wine is not improving your health. Mm-hmm. After decades mm-hmm. of contradictory and sometimes confusing research... Um, the picture is clear, even small amounts of alcohol can have health consequences. So, research that they cite to here shows that between 2015 and 2019, excessive alcohol use resulted in 140,000 deaths per year in the United States. 40% of those had acute... Causes like car crashes, poisonings, and homicides, but the majority were caused by chronic conditions attributed to alcohol, such as liver disease, cancer, and heart disease. Poisoning. So we're, you know, what, 30% higher death rate every year than than with opioids wow. in this country from alcohol, right? You can't ignore it anymore. And the risk starts to go up well below the level where you would think, oh, that person has an alcohol problem. So... You can have a problem even if you were, you can develop health problems, liver problems, and so on, even if you're only drinking what they consider a safe amount of alcohol. Right. One drink a day, uh, two drinks a day for a man, one drink a day for a woman. You do that day in and day out over years, you're going to fuck up your liver. Yeah. You're going to increase your cancer risk, all that kind of thing. Um, Some forms of cardiovascular disease, certain forms of cancer. um, And, and this is very important your daily limits are not meant to be averaged over a week. So, <laughs> okay. so if you abstain Monday through Thursday and then binge drink on the weekend, that's uh, excessive consumption, even yep. though you're technically, you know, legalistically within. Right, right, right. right. But your liver doesn't know the legalities <laughs> yeah, <they're> of not- <laughs> averaging your alcohol use. Um, and, and the main way that alcohol causes health problems, weirdly enough, is by damaging your DNA. Interesting. When you drink alcohol, your body metabolizes it into acetylhyde. Acetyl.
0: Yeah, that's what they test for.
1: Dehyde, a chemical that's toxic to your cells. It damages your DNA and prevents your body from repairing the damage. Once your DNA is damaged, then a cell can grow out of control and create a cancer tumor. It's also bad for. It's, it creates oxidative stress, um, which is harms the endothelial blood vessels, oh. which can lead to. Um, stiffened arteries, high blood pressure, coronary artery disease. Uh, so then they go through the research saying, isn't alcohol supposed to be good for your heart? Well, no. <laughs> um, there's a lot of recent evidence that has really challenged the notion of any kind of what we call cardioprotective or healthy effective alcohol. And, of course, all of those studies were funded by the booze industry.
0: Right? So this is very damning from the New York Times. It is. It is. But how um, will it change behavior if at all? Oh, I don't know. Do you think it can? People like my father, if if he was already not drinking, but when an article like this comes out, he just he won't touch it. I think it creates
1: cognitive dissonance in in the minds of people who have been justifying they're drinking based on the fact that alcohol can be healthy to the right. heart like i used to drink you know several bottles of red wine in a week <laughs> and then for and say it, that oh, man i'm i must have the greatest heart alive you know <laughs> meanwhile i was getting you know afib and my heart was getting all fucking wonky on me and this is one of the main reasons why i, why I quit um Yeah, and it even talks about how alcohol is linked to an abnormal heart rhythm known as AFib, which raises the risk of blood clots and stroke, raises the risk of cancer. Um, So, yeah, read the article. Read the article. (laughs) Stop drinking. It is going to kill you. Yeah. Should I cut back or stop altogether? Here's where these things get interesting because a lot of times, you know, The paper or articles like this always come down to you don't have to stop entirely. Right. Right? Because, you know. Yeah, just they don't want to put it on you too hard. And, of course, the New York Times falls right into that one. You don't need to go cold turkey to help your health. Even reducing a little bit can be beneficial, especially if you currently drink over the recommended limits. If you currently drink more than two drinks a night, maybe you should just stop entirely. Yeah. Because going down to one drink a night will be irritating for you and <laughs> you probably won't be able to do
0: it. Um, so they, maybe they should switch to cannabis. What about that? Yeah, maybe. Is that a thing? It's harm reduction, right? Harm reduction. Uh,
1: light daily drinkers would also likely benefit by cutting back a bit. Try going a few nights without alcohol. If you feel better, your body is trying to tell you something. <laughs> Yeah. Wait. Notably, none of the experts we spoke to called for abstaining completely unless you have an alcohol use disorder or are pregnant. I'm not going to advocate that people completely stop drinking. What, are we fucking crazy? We did prohibition. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. Well, prohibition didn't work because there were social consequences that transcended mm-hmm. you know, health consequences. If you look at the health data from prohibition, prohibition was an enormous success. Mm-hmm. Liver disease, um, heart disease, all the things that you would attribute to drinking were drastically lower during prohibition. Yeah, after. so in that sense it was uh So, I mean, successful. The idea that you can tell people who are drinking excessively
0: that they can mindfully drink less seems absurd to me. Yeah. Yeah, but should they make a law against it? Is it no. so dangerous that it should be locked up? No, I mean, that's that's like making I mean so like did they make a marijuana? law against
1: it. I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna arrest people for, for drinking? Yes. I mean Arrest them. During prohibition it was never illegal to drink. It was just a, it was illegal to manufacture and sell. Interesting. Yeah. So you could drink it. Well So I think the New York Times lost an opportunity here to open up a discussion about quitting drinking entirely as a mm. the healthiest part. Yeah,
0: maybe they're yeah, not ready to say because that the, yet. Because the
1: title of the article is Even a little alcohol can harm your health. And then the last paragraph of the article is You don't need to stop drinking. Yeah. I got to wonder what the fucking point of that was. <laughs> what was, was the and, point?
0: It's very uh, yeah. contradictory. Yeah. So tell us what you think. Write us at Mike R at com, and we'll argue about it next week. I mean, I don't think there is
1: such a thing as a healthy relationship with alcohol. I mean, if there's people who are drinking one drink like every few months and like never f- don't finish it, I know there are those people. Yeah. Those are not the people that this
0: article is talking No, this to. is every night or a right. couple times a week. You know, you're drinking a lot. You
1: can be addicted to alcohol and only drink one drink a night. Yeah. I'm
0: convinced of this. I've sure. seen it. Just like coffee. I'm yeah. addicted to coffee because I drink a quart every single day of black <laughs> coffee. My coffee consumption lately has gone through the fucking roof. Yeah. I used to just
1: drink one, maybe two cups a day. Now I'm like three, maybe four.
0: Yeah. I'm, like, what's up with that? I'm up to 12 to 15 cups of coffee. Jesus. That's why I'm peeing every 10 minutes. By the way, everyone should be taking vitamin D
1: and B12. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I'll tell you why next week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a cliffhanger. That was Recovering the News. Recovering the News. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, I can't believe. I'll give you a hint.
1: Seasonal affective disorder. That's it. If you suffer from that, you're probably low in vitamin D. And I'm not a doctor. I'm just sharing my experience with well, you. Well, that's
0: me. Um,. Well, I know I had a great time Did you? <laughs> Surprisingly so Yeah, I'm amazed that we were able to uh, I always have a good time when we do this Well, that about does it for today I know I had a great time I just said that just Thank said you so that. much for listening Visit <laughs> us at MidlagesRecovery.com Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Facebooks, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and Twitter So, tweet it to twat, you twit Support your favorite show Guys, we Has need, anyone ever tweeted you a twat? Yeah, we get twats Do you? Well, not an actual Pictures twat or? No, 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 no photographs okay, sorry drop a five-star <laughs> review on apple podcast oh, just open um, up a can of worms yes there. please and uh, leave us a review we will read it it gives us content it's a lot of fun join us at inner sanctum <laughs> <content. laughs> patreon.com recovery in the middle ages come talk to us come recover with us come hang out and finally the best way to help the show is to share it with a friend if you know someone who needs rma in their lives just like we do. Send them the show. And as we say, non proficiat perfecto. As we incorrectly say in Latin, progress, not perfection. (laughs) See you next time. Stay
1: fresh, cheese bags. Goodbye.